Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we explore some of the scariest and most delicious parts of pleasure in an effort to follow our curiosity and love our world into a place of mutual caretaking so that we can all lead better laid lives. In this episode, we do discuss guilt and shame caused by uninformed early childhood explorations, as well as a physically and emotionally abusive relationship. In the U.S., the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 800-799-7233. Please keep all fantasies about me and our guests to yourself and enjoy. Our guest today is a 37-year-old cis femme who is a submissive brat. She's into flogging, spanking, and doing it in public places. A tarot reader who works a day job to pay the bills. She recently married her dom and love of her life from the U.S. South. Welcome, doll. Hello. Hi. Can you read yourself on a sexual shame-a-meter today? With 10 being so full of shame and one being not so shamey at all, where do you fall right now? I'd say a two. Okay. Why? If you were to ask me two or three years ago, I would have said like an eight. I have done a lot of work on myself. It's my, you know, just past stuff that I've really just done a lot of work on. And so now I can't say a one because I'd be lying because there are some (laughs) days when I still feel very shameful, you know? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Would you say you've had one moment? Yes. Yes. Cool. For the most part, I think I'm one, but... You know, every once in a while. We get our little spikes of twos. Even still, I've been dating recently. And depending on who I'm with, mine will shoot up from anywhere to like a three to sometimes a nine. If the person suddenly feels scary. And because I still, I'm still a person. So, okay. That's great to get baseline. So can you tell us a little bit about what your sex life is like right now? Just give us an overview. Oh, right now it's great. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome right now. I never could have imagined. Well, I married the love of my life. Congratulations. And I was so lucky to find someone that really just fit me in a hundred ways, obviously. But <laughs> sexually, she's just, I mean, we click so well. Wow. And, you know, the, the communication is on. She reads my body perfectly. I mean, it's just, we can be spontaneous and fun. We can giggle and laugh. But, you know, it's just, we have a good time. Amazing. Oh, that's amazing. How often do you have sex a week-ish? Or is it is that possible to answer? Yeah, at least once a week. Sometimes more, sometimes less, depending, but at least once a week, I would cool. say. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, now can you tell us what does sexy mean to you? Sexy to me is just communicating with your body. That's sexy to me. Show me how you that. feel. Oh, beautiful. Okay, can you tell us now, did you ever learn about consent growing up? And in your adult life, have you had examples of an explicitly consensual moment that was super hot? Yes. I did not learn about consent a whole lot growing up. Other than the basics, you know, they say, don't let people touch you. Yeah. And that was really considered you know, the consent talk. Now, oh gosh, I'll get all blushy thinking about it. <laughs> now, with my wife, it's like, one of my favorite games that we play, and it kind of goes into the whole consent thing, is this like one through 10 with floggers. And so it's like, she'll hit me with it and I'll give her, like, one means like I didn't feel it at all. 10 is like red stop. And so, and then the golden zone is like between like five and seven. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this beautiful thing where, you know, she'll hit me with it and I have to give her the number. And it is this like, like, consi- like if I get close to seven or eight, she knows to back up, like back off That's a little bit. so hot. 
It's so sexy. (laughs) Okay. This is a detailed question, but I just can't help it right now. Do you still like, like the occasional nine or are you like, stay away from nines? No. If you like build me up slow with fours, go to five or six and then stay at seven and eight for a while. Yeah. yeah, Hit me with that nine, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then you gotta bring it back down. Okay, then you bring it back yes. down. Yes. Yeah, don't give me nine so many in a row. Let me feel successful. Okay. And then can you tell us before we move on, what happens to your shame meter in situations where you've had to talk to another partner about safer sex? And what have either been your favorite versions of those conversations or like the version you wish had happened? It can definitely get much higher during those conversations, mostly because I think unfortunately there's this idea that negotiating or talking about sex in some way in itself shameful like let's not talk about it let's just get to it yeah and when I have the moments I do feel a little like maybe am I weird am I the you know and so my shame will get a little bit higher and then it's like oh they're just immature in a sense like the maturity level around sex isn't as adept as mine maybe got it got it um my ideal version of that conversation would just be sitting down and just doing it. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Just, you know, saying, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? What are you into? What are you comfortable with? How do you want to tell me when you're not okay? All those things. Beautiful. Okay. So now take us back to your early years and tell us when do you first remember hearing about sex, learning about sex, and what feelings do you remember having along with it? Understanding sex for me as I was young, we had sex ed in school. It was really simple, just about you know, girls are going to get their periods and that's just how you have babies. And that's pretty much it. You know, that was like the whole of the conversation. Everything else growing up, you hear things from the adults and you get innuendo from TV, but you really don't understand it all. And so that would be my beginning understandings of sex, I guess. When did you start to explore your own body and or when do you feel like you started to really get like, oh, sex is this thing? I would say I started exploring myself. I would probably, by uh, age, like understanding that stuff gets a little blurry, but I would say about fifth grade okay, or so, like fourth, fifth grade. And it was just my blankets, bunching up my blankets there and rubbing up, you know, (laughs) just that thing. Though my first sexual encounter was actually before that, much younger. And that is where a lot of my shame comes from. Okay. It was with someone that it shouldn't have been with, but I I just didn't understand it. So there's an an early experience you had, and it sounds like the childlike curiosity. Did I get that right? A lot of people I talk to have these early experiences where they are just exploring their bodies. Do you feel comfortable sharing the texture of it emotionally that you remember for you? I think for most people, you know, sex comes with a little bit of shame. That's just kind of like a normal thing as you're growing up. Um, I feel like for me, it was more intense because it happened so young, I really didn't understand what sex was. And right when I started getting to the part where I was understanding what sex was, I had already done the taboo. I had already messed up. I was already bad. And then as I got older and started learning even more nuances like, you know, molestation and, you know, all of that stuff, Because I was older by about a year and a half or so, but because I was older, 
I then started shifting into guilt. Did I do something wrong? Was I the monster in that story? And that was very painful for me for many years. Um, but I'm better now. I have moved through it. I'm learning that, you know, it was only by a year and a half. I was still young. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't even know what got in my head or why I thought about it. I probably saw it in a movie I wasn't supposed to be watching or some innuendo that someone was talking about. I mean, who knows where the idea came from? But I recognize now that I was just a kid and that I just didn't know. And I was like, let's play this thing out that I saw or heard or whatever. Um, but for many years, for a very long time, I felt like a monster, like there was something wrong with me and that I had done something wrong. And I still worry about that to this day if they think that in their head still, you know, because I was the older party, do they still look back on that, that action? Do they still look back on that and think, that woman did something bad to me, but I have to just let that go. So. It's not something that you would ever consider bringing up with that person. I tried once and they were immediately angry. And so I just shut it down. Okay. I was like, okay, nope. And maybe one day uh, it's not completely out of the realm of things I have thought out it at some point but i'm not pushing it yeah. if it happens naturally it might be one day it will but yeah thank you so much for sharing this incredibly tender personal experience if you're willing to go there i have one little follow-up question that's about guilt especially as it relates to your sexual self it sounds like you have found even though there's not full resolution available to you it sounds like there are pieces that you have allowed to kind of settle within yourself? Is that something you can speak to at all in case anyone out there is going through something similar? Yeah, really, it took talking to other people and opening up about it. It's not something that I just tell everybody, but there have been moments when I'm, I'm talking to a friend or someone I'm in a relationship with and those tender things come up and I have expressed as part of my darkness. And to hear so many of them say, oh gosh, well don't tell anybody, but I've had a very similar experience. Now they were usually the younger one or maybe they were the same age, whatever, but to hear so many people had the same experience didn't like right away help, but over time, over the years, it helped. And then with my wife, when I told her about it and I was devastated, I was like, you know, is she going to hate me after, you know, this? Because that's always a fear of mine mm -hmm. that they're going to hate me. Um, and I was devastated and um, I still hadn't fully let go of it. And she looked at me and she said, I want you to repeat after me. I am not a monster. And it was hard, but I did it. And then kind of that was a huge part of my healing process as well. I mean, I had spent years of like talking to people and learning and kind of learning to get over it but and you're actually your podcast helped a lot you know hearing a lot of people talk about just their confusion not knowing that that was sex. I think my part is like I knew when I was a kid that sex meant penis and vagina makes baby that was sex but I didn't know that that activity was sex because holding hands can be like sex but you also hold your parents hand when you cross the street and Kissing can be considered like sex, but you kiss your aunt at the family reunion. So there's this really weird, hazy, when you're a kid, on what is and what is not. And so, yeah, just learning that and realizing that 
all that confusion wasn't my fault. Yeah. And so, thank you so much for that insight. I'm not a monster. I am not bad and wrong. Those are words that definitely have made a difference in my own life too. Does that feel complete? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, so when you started to explore with partners, was there fun for you? Like, how did your sexual unfolding occur for you? What was it like for you? It was a lot of fun. And my very first sexual relationship as a teen, as I got older, was very intense and kind of dived right into the kinky stuff right off the bat, which was a lot of fun. And I learned a whole lot about myself. Still made me think that maybe there was something wrong with me. Definitely thought that I was weird. But I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I had a lot of fun. Okay. I was 15 when I dated my first girlfriend. At that point, I had still not slept with a guy yet. I was like, I'm just waiting for marriage when really I just wasn't interested. (laughs) And so I met this girl and it just, it was so easy to just get in there and, you know, do those things that I, you know, that I was always weird with boys, you know, it was just like, this is fun. Like, you know, this is kind of cool. So yeah, I'd say I was, I was 15 and I was actually with that same person off and on for like 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a hugely formative relationship. So, okay, let's focus on the beginning for just a second. What was the vibe around dating girls like for you in your household? Like, was there... Did your family have anything to say about it or was it pretty easy or was it secret or what were the details there? Oh, gosh, that's actually a funny story. So when my mom found out I was dating a girl, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal at all. She found out, she asked me, she's like, you know, this is all fun and games, but what are you going to do when she expects you to do things for her? And I just sat there silent because I didn't know how to tell her, like, this is already happening. And then it got rough after that for a little bit. I think it's because she had just gotten into church. My mom was kind of a crazy wild woman in her younger years. And so she got into church. And then right after that, I came out. So it was just, it was hard for her, I think. But we got over it. She's good now. That's great. I mean, sometimes, don't you think kids teach the grownups a lesson and vice versa? Like we're all each other's teachers. I don't know. That's some uh, uncanny timing. Okay, so you also mentioned kinky things. Where were you learning about this and how? And like, what do you remember exploring in your teen years? And was it all in this one relationship? Were you monogamous? Yes, we were. Well, I thought we were. Oh, Um, oh. So, yeah, right. But it was, I mean, right off the bat, it was, you know, choking. And just what some people would probably consider pretty rough. But I think choking was the first thing. The first thing that I was just surprised that I liked. Because... The tricky thing about the relationship with her is there was no talk about consent or what do you like or what do you don't like. She just did them. And luckily for me, I enjoyed them. So it wasn't a horrible experience that it could have been. Right. And it started out with choking. And then over the years, it just got more and more intense with like punching and cutting and all of that just kind of got more and more intense as the time went on. Okay. And was all of that stuff, was that something that you still engage in or what were the kind of emotional context for you around all of those things? At the time, they were great. Like I just thought, oh my God, I'm a freaking weirdo, but they were great. I enjoyed all of it. I would be surprised. Like the very first time that she punched me in the stomach in sex, I couldn't believe I did the way that I did, but it just intensified it. Like went to 10, I was 
just like, oh, this is the best. But now I would say I don't get as intense. And that is because of the way that relationship ended. It was not so great. And it got kind of violent outside of the bedroom. And so that was something I had to work on getting back towards, which is why my current partner is so great because she's really good at like, are you cool? Are we good? Yeah. And then having those conversations that just didn't happen because I didn't understand the kink world at the time. I didn't know what negotiating was or talking about things or safe words. I mean, I knew what safe words were, but with her, it was like, oh, safe words are just silly. Only, you know, silly people use safe words. Mm. That is abusive and gaslighting behavior. Just to say that out loud to everyone, like that is a red flag. If a dom wants to ignore safe words, just to be really clear about it because it came up, we don't ignore safe words. You should always have a safe word. Great. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, I just, yeah. I was just in it. I was like, yeah, you're totally, you're totally yeah. right. You know? And so that was something that I learned as I got older and is something that I was like, no, this is, you know, we talk about it, we discuss it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, in the beginning for the first 10 or 11 years, it was great. I mean, the sex was amazing. Well, and we can't know till we know. Yeah. And I got to learn all of the things that I enjoyed that I just wouldn't have expected before, you know, like. I never would have known that I enjoyed that stuff if she wouldn't have just pulled it out of nowhere. Not to say that it was good of her to just do it without talking about it. But luckily, it wasn't bad. Luckily, I ended up enjoying it and it was a lot of fun. And I learned these interesting and fun things that I could do with my body with someone else. Wow. Okay. So during that relationship, did you ever also touch yourself or was it mostly partnered sex? Like what was your sexual relationship with your own body like? I have always masturbated all the time <laughs> tell us your favorite ways tell us the details please and if you've always mastered like give us the history of your masturbation or the variations or whatever you want to tell us yeah i started out again with the like the bunching of the blankets like in my crotch and just like this feels really great i grind against it for some reason and then even at a very young age i'd say that was like you know fifth grade as i got older i thought i don't think those were normal for a kid my age but like of people like putting ice inside me. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. I definitely had very young alien probing fantasies for sure. Ice sounds smart, <laughs> depending on if it's hot. <laughs> I think kink starts in our mind earlier than we think. You know, I think it was just the way we explore in our mind as a younger age. Yeah. Maybe that's normal. And then as I got a little older, it was using fingers instead of blankets. Like, hey, that kind of feels really good. Never really a whole lot of penetration with masturbating. I still not really a whole lot of penetration with masturbating, just mostly clitoral stimulation. Now, my favorite masturbation technique is the shower head. Oh, yes. What kind of shower head? It has multiple different settings, and I like to put it on like the really hard stream and then just go to town. Is it more like pointing it at it or do you like move it around? I move it around. I point it right at it in the beginning. And then as it starts to get sensitive, kind of move it around. How fun. That's so funny. It's like we flipped because I was an adult before I figured out ice cubes, but I was a kid when I figured out shower head. (laughs) Okay. So how else do you like to touch or be touched and not just your pussy area, but like, tell us about your body and the details of your body. I love pinching my nipples when I'm masturbating. I mean, I love when partners do that as well. Huge thing. And they can withstand a lot. So you have to pinch them pretty hard. Same. 
I love being touched just in general, which is, again, another reason why my wife is great for me because she's a very handsy person. And so she just loves, you know, like rubbing her hands up my thighs or on my belly or just constant contact. And I'm just like, oh, yes, worship my body. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Other than that, just in general, my body, I do like slaps. I'm just like tap slaps on my clit. It's an amazing stimulation. And of course, you know, like the spankings and all that stuff is just great. <laughs> Amazing. What about specific body parts? Like how are your ears or your neck or your fingers or your feet? Like, are there any honorable mentions? My neck, definitely. I love being, you know, bit or kissed along the neck. My thighs, not so much feet. And I really can't say I have any other places that I'm particularly like just really being touched other than just like my skin in general. I just yeah. love my skin being touched. But when it comes to like just really turning me on, if you want to turn me on fast, you know, like neck, nipples, yep, yep. clit. I mean, that I'm just a, I'm a simple girl. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Tell us about your brat self, too. Like, where do we go next? You pick. Tell us favorite things. My bratty self. I like being a brat just because I am not one to follow rules explicitly just all the time. It's just me in general in real life in every scenario. I will always try to find a way to bend the rule or get around a little bit. And that definitely comes out in my bratty self. I love doing little things that I know under her skin just a little bit. I don't really like, like what? you know, upsetting her. Obviously, I don't really want to make her mad. But like, what's a fun one? I have such a hard time figuring that out. I think it's a social skill. Ours are stupid, I think, because like, for one of them is not buckling my seatbelt. Like if we get in the car, I don't buckle my seatbelt and we get on the road. She'll just look at me like, really? Like seriously? And I'll be like, oh yeah. And then sometimes I do it on purpose. Like, oh no, did I forget my seatbelt? Uh -huh. You know, and it's just a fun thing. It doesn't always end up being like a scene when we get home, Yeah. but it's just a fun, like she knows that I do it on purpose. I know that she gets the joy out of giving me the daddy eyes, you know, like, ah! don't do that. It's just a little giggle. And then we just go on with our day. Did you have partners between this partner and your long-term first partner? Like what was kind of the in-between era like? And then if you want to just pepper in stories or things you've discovered you liked along the way, just like make it your own. Yes. I was with that girl. She was the very first person I was with. And when we broke up, I was like, oh my God, am I a lesbian? I'm not a lesbian. So I started dating guys, you know, and then I was like, I've got to sleep with a guy. I've just got to do it. I need to get it done. And the funnest like stories I have there, I was working at a Taco Bell. And so I was dating this guy and he knew that I was a lesbian. He would introduce me as his lesbian girlfriend. <laughs> and I was at work one day and he showed up to pick me up and he showed up with this girl on like a collar. And I just was like, okay and like ah! everybody at my work was like what is happening and I was like I'm getting off work and going home and having fun that's what's happening brilliant and so what happened we ended up going home and she had never been with a girl before so I was like let me show you a few things and so she laid down and I went down on her while like he played with her nipples and things and that's like my favorite thing to do in the whole world. I love it so much. I will stay down there forever until you pull me away. So I finish and we're done and she stands up and she's like, is it normal for my fingers to be numb? Oh, that was the best. And she became kind of a little infatuated with me after that. I had to be like, you know, I was in a relationship with him, but it was a lot of fun. So, okay. So can we please have details of how you like to go down 
I like to start really slow. Like, don't even, like, part anything. Don't even, like, really try to get anywhere. You start just, like, licking whatever is there. Because every time is a little different. So sometimes there's a lot of lick, sometimes there's not, you know. So I just kind of start really soft and slow. And then it's just kind of, like, listening to their breathing. And just, I don't know, letting my tongue just do everything. I really don't even know how to explain it. No, that's even better. Because you just follow your instincts. And you just are. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Try not to do one thing for too long. Like if I'm down and I feel like I've been doing the same thing for a minute and she hasn't made any new noises, they like kind of reach the plot or she's like, oh, this is fun, but I'm just here. Then then I switch it up, mm. move my tongue to something else, move it a different way, go down and like put my tongue like in her vagina. Why not? You know, like let do that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, just kind of like following my instincts and their body and just having fun with it. Amazing. And is it the same on your pussy when it comes to receiving? Like, is it a similar haze or is it easier to put words to like types of strokes or pressure that you enjoy? Like, what is your clip like? What are your lips like? Like, tell, tell us the details. You said not penetration. Yeah, I think it's a similar haze. Well, actually, I really love penetration with a partner. I'm not so much with penetration <gasps> while masturbating. Oh, oh, interesting distinction. Tell us more. Yeah, I do. And honestly, I'm not really sure why that's the case. I'm the same way, though. I think the reason might be because for me, if I'm going to have penetration, I like it hard and deep. And that's hard to do on yourself. Yep. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's like when I can just like hit that clip for a little bit and be done. (laughs) So it is kind of the same haze with me because I kind of just like go into this beautiful hazy zone. I know that there's things that I don't like because I've been with people and I'm just like, okay, you can stop anytime now. Mm. But I think it's the same, just like having fun, not doing the same thing over and over again. Are you into toys? Like what toys do you like? What are you into? Do you use straps? Like what are your favorites? Oh, we have all kinds of toys and I do like them. They're not something I pull out all the time because usually like what toys are fun to spice up something when I feel like we're hitting a slump Mm. or every once in a while my wife just really enjoys whenever I put on the strap because she's like that's the hottest fucking thing and so I do that but for the most part we don't really use oh well okay we don't dildo type toys we use things like nipple clamps those little like spiky roller things for your body candle floggers those are the kind of toys that I really really get into penetrative toys i'll buy one for the novel yeah it'll be used a little while and then it ends up in a drawer and i really just don't use it again what about the things that make you feel the most desired or appreciated from a partner afterwards when she's just holding me and telling me like oh you did such a good job your body is so beautiful you're so sexy that i mean i'll just puddle you know just that is like the best for me i mean don't get me wrong sex is amazing i love all of that but that cuddling up afterwards and the comments the you know like i said your your body is beautiful i love the way you move mm. you know i love you're my favorite toy is one of yes. my favorite things. Oh, so <laughs> do you have like turn-ons that are like that's my turn-on or is it just lots of body things like do you have big turn-ons and or turn-offs spanking is a huge turn-on and nipple stuff I can just be like walking through the kitchen and she'll just like grab my nipple and I'm done. I'm ready. Let's go to the bedroom right now. (laughs) What powerful nipples. It's amazing. She did it the other night. We were just playing around in bed and we were like really tired and ready to go to sleep. And I had said something smart ass because I'm a brat. And 
she just grabbed my nipple and sometimes I'm like ow you know because I'm just not in that headspace <laughs> and, and it'll be like a giggle and she's like okay I'm sorry and we'll be done but she grabbed it and I was like ah! <laughs> and she was like okay ah! and so then we just like <laughs> And that was a really great night. And that was only a few nights ago. Oh, congratulations. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Because like, I hear you talking about the appreciation afterward. But it also sounds like you're living with a partner who you're incredibly turned on by regularly. Like, it sounds like there's a huge attraction. And I also just, I would love to hear about that. And I would love to have you speak to my ultimate fantasy of like being partnered with your dom. Oh, I had given up on that, to be real honest with you, because in my experience, which I now know to not be true, but in my experience, because of with my ex, someone who was really into that dominant stuff was also controlling and mm -hmm. manipulative and not compassionate. And I had this other side of me where I am very intellectual. I love reading. I love playing chess. I love listening to classical music. And I wanted someone to share all that with. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to be polyamorous and I'm going to have my dom and then I'm going to have the people that I date and do these artsy stuff with. And that's just where my headspace was when I met her even. Mm. And I told her right off the bat, we're never going to be anything more than just having fun. <laughs> I told her that right off the bat. And she was like, okay, cool. And so. She was living with her family at the time, but once she finally moved out and we got her own place, I learned this whole other side of her that I was, didn't know was there. So it was a, a beautiful thing of no, realizing that I could have it all. I could have that in the bedroom and then still be respected and still be loved and still be able to talk about art and have all of that be cared for like truly cared for which like it, my doms in the past have never had that it was like all about their fun and their pleasure and then you're just a toy was kind of fun for me yeah I get that but now there's this whole new level of I'm not just a toy I'm also adored so now I'm more of a pet oh so you call me your pet <gasps> I love that are you a specific type of pet or are you just a pet like her pet just a pet I love that yeah that's so interesting. I'm relating so much because I too am going through this kind of value shift of like, oh, yes, yes, all of me. In order for the degradation to be like the most satisfying, it'd be cool if they recognized how fucking valuable I am, because otherwise they could be any piece of trash that they're kicking, you know, and that was kind of a big turning point for me or that's ongoing, I think. Did you feel a shift in your experience of submissiveness is that part of why you became more of a brat or like is like can you speak specifically to whatever I don't know I don't want to put words in your mouth for me it's a degradation kink or humiliation kink like what could you I would love to hear about your version <laughs> yeah I have always been a little bit of a brat in that way but now feeling appreciated I don't really know how to explain how it makes it different yeah I can okay so before afterwards you know with the degradation or the whatever after sex was done there was no aftercare and so you were left even though I was totally in it even though I was having a good time and totally enjoying myself when the moment was over I would find myself wondering like do they really care about me do they really think I'm that low of a person and without that feedback at the end I would really start to doubt myself and there was a lot of you know like self issues and that's you know something that I learned partly from you know listening to your show there's some other podcasts and shows that I listen to then getting into the kink world really meeting people that are there and learning how that community 
values communication and really being with your partner in that way. And so now it does make it so much better when at the end, you know, she's holding me and like, you know, that was beautiful. You know, you're great. Because then I know that she does value me and it makes that like me belonging to her feel so much better. I feel Mm. safe. It's not me just belonging to somebody as an object. I belong to somebody and I can feel safe in that belonging. And that makes the world a difference. Amazing. How did you develop trust with this partner? What did it take for you to get to that level of, it sounds like you started off vanilla? Kind of, yeah. Wow. It started out vanilla. Well, uh, really, it started out public places. So I wasn't totally vanilla. (laughs) Where and how? And that's hot. Our, like one of our very, not our very first date, the very first date ended very sweet, just a kiss on the cheek. But the second date, I knew I was into her. And so I showed up ready, short skirt. We went to a bar and she just started fingering me in the bar. I can't even tell you how it started. It started with a short skirt. (laughs) She was like, yes, please. (laughs) My favorite part is the dawning moment when we're sitting there in the bar and we've, you know, been doing things and she's like, okay, how do we end this? Like, where do we go? And I had already knew that she was in a Jeep and I was like, you've got a Jeep, but I wasn't going to say it. And I did seeing that dawning moment. Like I saw her think it and then look at me and then say, and I was like, yes. And so we go out to her car. And as soon as she sits in the driver's seat, I get into the passenger seat and I just take off my panties and crawl in her lap. And she was like, I knew from that moment, you were the woman for me. <laughs> Whoa. Holy yeah. cow. And then we just drove to like a train track that was kind of back in the shadows. And for the first like few months, that was our spot. We would go on some dates, have a lot of fun, and then go to that spot on the train track and just have sex in the back of Wait, the Jeep. Wait, on a train track? Like near it? Not where a train could hit you. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. Near oh it, my near gosh. It, yeah. Tell us about back of the Jeep sex. Is it like an open Jeep or was it like closed? Closed. Uh, the first time uh, she didn't put the seat down because we weren't thinking. It wasn't expected. And we just kind of did it. The second time we showed up, we get to our little spot and she's set up. Oh, I was going to say, now I want a big car. I can make like a sex picnic in and woo people. <laughs> it was great. There's like pillows. and wow. um, For a while, that was what we did. Yeah. And oh my then, gosh. But she was living with her family. And so I would go to her house and it was always very vanilla because you couldn't get really loud. Yeah. You know, she took care of her little brother. So it was a thing. And then when she finally was able to like get out on her own, I, okay. So when we first started dating, I had the sack of like, toys that I had brought I was like here's a sack of toys and she didn't seem very interested and I was like okay well you know I kind of figured she's artsy she's not gonna be into this stuff and then when she finally got out on her own I had brought that sack of toys again kind of hoping but I was also kind of in between places and I was like I'm gonna leave these here so I have a place to put them so I'm just like traveling them in my car like weirdo and she was like yeah totally cool and then I see her kind of going through it and then she pulls out the rope and she's like, you want to play? And I was like, yeah. And I'm expecting her to fumble it because I don't think she knows what she's doing. And before I know it, she's got it like rigged with the bed and me tied up. And I was like, she's been hiding things. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so from there, she's like, I just couldn't do it there. I couldn't do it there. And I didn't want to just say it. And so I was just been waiting to show you. And I was like, well, bring oh, it, baby. My God, what a wild happy surprise was that like the unfolding of the dynamic that you have now yeah it was uh because it was scary at first I think it's always scary when there's someone new that you're letting tie you up 
because, you know, that can be very unsafe and not in the right hands. And so I was a little nervous, but she seemed very adept. And I think it just takes time. And again, with the communication, you, you have to feel comfortable to say, hey, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. And them not get upset about it. Yeah. And that is, you know, she's always been able to do that. And then also be able to say, you know, like one time we were doing that one through 10 thing and she got down to my feet. I don't know what she was thinking. She hit my foot with the flogger and it hurt so bad. And I was like, 10. And she was like, I'm sorry. Oh, but so it feels better being with someone that you know will listen to you. Yes. I had an experience recently where someone who I trust dearly, like implicitly, like with my life, was like interested in kinky stuff. And so I was like, mm, you could slap me in the face. We might as well practice. And it was one of those situations where I misjudged my experience. I absolutely am not in any way, shape or form capable of telling another person like teaching to hit me. And what I learned from that is like, even though there's like stage combat experience, I was at a fucking stupid angle. So I whiplashed myself like I did that because I was like, I can I don't know. So we really need to know what we're doing. I'm still learning, you know, like it's OK. It's mild stuff, but it's the stuff that in the moment nothing hurt. And so it doesn't set in until later. So I'm still learning when to do that with people, too. And so that's that's beautiful. I would love to hear about the flogs and the impact play that you enjoy, that you love. That's, that's not a 10 <laughs> or on your feet. My favorite, we call it the study one. I guess it would technically be considered a cat of nine tails. Maybe not really. It's just a handle and it has like a whole bunch of really thick leather straps on it. Mm. And so it doesn't sting. It's just real study. That's like my favorite one. Mm. And she's gotten really, really good with it. Matt, okay. Story time. Yes. Okay. We got a hotel. Again, we're back to living with her family, with her brothers and sisters. And so we got a hotel and we brought that study whip. And I lay down and... I cannot tell you what happened because it is a blur of pure bliss, but she was in the zone with that thing. I mean, it was like starting slow, just dragging it up my body and then hitting harder and then slowly and harder over time and then backing back off. By the time she was done, she goes, did you come? And because she was like, I was flushed. And I was like, I don't think so because it's not like what I knew to be like a normal, but the bed was soaked. And I was like, I was floating on a cloud of pure bliss. Oh I had gosh. never felt that way before. Like had never just like, you couldn't get me to care about anything. Like wow. I, there could have been sirens going on outside and I just been like, no, you know? Yeah. That's my favorite. We also have one that's like, it's hard, like a handle and it has a very short little leather strap on it. So it's stingy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's her favorite. Ah! <laughs> what a good balance. I know. And it can be a whole lot of fun. It can be a whole yeah. lot of fun, but that one I have to be built up to. So we start with the study and we can go yeah. to this thing and I'm much better. My pain tolerance, and I, this is probably true. I hope it's true for most people, but my pain tolerance increases as the scene goes. Like, yeah. so in the beginning, I can be like, oh, oh God, oh, I, and then by the end of the scene, it's just like hit me harder, you know, yeah. and yeah. Or, you know, bite me harder. And yeah, so the stingy stuff comes after. I think we have other ones, but we don't play with them as much because she's not as comfortable with it. We have a big bull whip, but that takes a ton of practice. Yeah. And I was like, you're not hitting me with that thing until you like 
know what you're doing. I'm like that can get used to like drag along my skin to create a sensation until we until we understand what she's for. (laughs) Like how to use it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, what other stuff do you guys like to do together? Like what else are you into? And do you have a space now where you can be loud often? We don't have a space where we can be loud often, though. Honestly, we kind of got louder than I expected the other night. (laughs) But it's kind of fun because learning to use the moment. So if I start to get loud, she can get real daddy and be like, you know, be quiet, you know, put put your face in the low. And that can be kind of fun to play with that whole having to be silent and it can intensify it. So that's a lot of fun. Other than floggers, this is, again, like one of my best experiences with being with the dom that truly appreciated me. One of my favorites, when she started out, she laid me down and she actually got out lotion and lotioned my whole body, head to toe, the first thing before hot. we did anything else. That's so hot. It made me feel so very comfortable yeah. and so very taken care of. Yes. That after that, I was like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Like that's, yeah. I can anything relate. you want. Oh my God. Yeah. And she started with soft stuff, started with little like wax and things like that and kind of built up to the heavy stuff at the end. And so that's kind of been our building of our, you know, for me, that was a huge thing. I'd never been with someone who truly took care of me that way. It wasn't all about just the hard stuff. It was about making sure I felt taken care of before and after. And that just makes the whole middle part just so much better for me because I cannot put to words how it feels to be in that moment where, you know, it's like you're you're on all fours, you know, doggy style and they're just like giving you the business yeah. and you can just let go. And not yeah. have to worry about it. Like, I know I'm taking care of. I don't have to worry about it. And that just, it's, it's pure bliss. We do do, uh, like, see public places. One of my favorite with that was a total accident. And I felt kind of bad for it. We were at a delicatessen. And we had just got this new toy. It was a wireless remote-controlled vibrator that, like, it clipped onto your panties so that it would just sit right up there against your clit. And she had the remote for it. And so she could play with it while we went shopping. And so we went shopping and then we went to a delicatessen to eat and we're sitting there with our food and she's playing with the remote and I'm just about to come. And I open my eyes and the guy behind the counter is just staring at me. And I was like, <laughs> and I oh was my like, God. Oh no. I was in, it's like, like I could stop coming. <laughs> so and I thought, oh my God, he went home. He had to go home and be like, you know, I saw the weirdest thing tonight. Because he had to think, like, how is that happening? She's not touching her. <laughs> was that your first time looking at a man while coming? Or did you do that in those other three sentences? No, that was the first time ever. <laughs> and the look on his face, he was just so puzzled. Oh, that's funny. Oh my gosh. What else have you guys gotten into? Like, where else do you go? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I really like the one to 10 thing. That's a whole lot of fun for me because it makes me verbalize Yeah. because I get really nonverbal, which isn't necessarily the best thing, especially with like my past relationships. So probably right. if I was more verbal, it probably would have been better, but I can get very nonverbal. So that one's a lot of fun for me because it is kind of very dommy. Like she makes me answer the question. What number was that? Yeah. And, and I have to think, okay, is that a five? Was that a, was that a six? And so that's one of my favorite things that we do. That's so hot. It forces you to pay attention to your body, doesn't it? It does. I love that. Well, I just want to share one because I had a very similar experience recently with a new partner who was like, basically, 
edging me, but telling me to describe the texture, the color, the like, like a somatic sensory experience because it was like, don't come. But I was like, I'm so close. So then it was like mind distraction to keep me edged. And that's what the counting and we did counting later. I had never done that before. And I was like, oh, whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Edging is great. The one to 10 thing was great because it was, we had first started actually. And so it was really a way for her to learn what my body could handle where. Yeah. A five on my stomach is different than a five on my back, mm. you know, and so it was a really fun way for her to learn my body. Again, it made me feel comfortable because I knew that she knew where I was at, you know, on two different worlds. She knew exactly where I was at. That's beautiful. Most kinky people seem to dirty talk. Are you guys into it? Yeah, a little bit. The dirty talk is mostly just, for instance, the other night, we're supposed to be going to bed. And she pinched it. And I was like, apparently I'm in the mood, but my vagina wasn't responding. Like mm. she wasn't mm-hmm. getting wet. And so she was like, I'm going to get wet. From-. And so that was like, our, and that just, I was like, oh, yes, I am. Ah! And then, of course, whenever she's doing that and then I do start to get wet, she's like, there it is. That's <sighs> what you like. You know, you're going to get wet for daddy. And I was like, yes, I oh, am. Oh, my God. And so it's mostly just stuff like that. Her coaxing my body to do what she wants it to do. If I'm not responding, she has learned that she can dirty talk me into coaxing me into, like, being prepared and being ready. That's amazing. Daddy dirty talk. It's like the best new lube. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. What about sexting and nudes? Like, do you engage in that during the daytime? Or, like, what's that vibe like for you guys? poetry is one of our like cornerstones of our relationship we we both write poetry both really love poetry and so we first started dating we did a lot of poetry back and forth and so I went back through it not too long ago because I was like we're gonna like gather it all up gonna be this really cute thing and so I'm reading through it we've you know talking about maybe making a book out of it and so I'm reading through it and I realized like we can't make a book out of most of this it you know it really vagues the line between poetry and just really pretty sexting i definitely that's the poetry of our times you should definitely share that with the world in my opinion so that's how we like to sex it's really amazing i love that pretty but still very erotic yeah so good so so that can be just random just like uh, it used to be all the time especially when we'd have poetry friday uh, to kind of like force ourselves to write Mm -hmm. and it was also the beginning of the relationship so of course we're both very hot for each other all the time and so it's all about you know the valley of your body and the flash spark fire of your tongue and so it was just stuff like that we don't haven't done that in in a while honestly because you know it's just you know, we're together all the time and we're married. And so yeah. we don't do it all the time. But every once in a while, especially after a really good session, honestly, I feel that's what it comes out most. If we have a really good session, the next day, I'm just like, you are so hot. Like, I just I, I just want to feel you again, you know. Totally. It's like the aftershock of deliciousness for me. I'm like, we did the great thing. And now I just want to, like, tell you how much I liked it all over again. And, you know, unfortunately, it drives away new people. Like new people can like get scared and run away of, I don't know, dopamine systems and things. So like I'm, I'm learning how much that really dumb thing works where you just like wait for people sometimes, but also how beautiful when you can find a partner that you can just gush with. Like that's so fucking hot. She tells me the one of her favorite parts. I mean, obviously she's like, I, you know, I love fucking you, obviously. She's like, but one of my favorite parts is you get all goo-goo-eyed for like three days. Yeah. For like three days, yeah. I am just like the melty, most lovable pet in the whole world. Yeah. I'm just like, just hold me and touch me all the time. And then that kind of fades off. And then I'm just like, okay, that's cool. 
and then you know so if i'm not being super adorable and lovey the way she wants me to she just fucks me real good yeah <laughs> mine lasts like up to five days it's like like a three to five day for me and then it goes away but i also have never been around mm. the person consistently for that long afterwards so who knows what about nudes do you guys do nudes i haven't with her well that's not true we did in the beginning and uh, not so much now but in the beginning i love taking nude photos of myself it was part of my learning to love my body yeah because i haven't always loved it it's something i started with past partners where i would while they were at work i would take pictures of myself dressed up in really sexy things or whatever and send it to them i just love the idea of them getting them while they're at work and just being like oh and just getting excited you know yeah. i did that with her in the beginning not so we haven't i haven't done it in a long time i probably should just pull that out of nowhere and send her one at work one day i definitely encourage it <laughs> Are there other like group sex or kinky things that we haven't heard about yet? Like we heard about that one threesome. Have there been more? Was there anything else in that interim period that needs voicing? Oh my gosh. So many things. I went on tour for a little while and had sex with a, a guy and a girl. It was a, a threesome there. It was very short. It was, again, there was a guy involved, so I wasn't that into it. <laughs> Got over it really fast. <laughs> but I was on tour and this girl had like kind of come on to me and I was like yeah let's do this and on tour you'd get like eight people renting a two-bed hotel you know because you're only there for like a couple of days Mm -hmm. and then you pack back up on the bus and you go again and so we had like eight people to a hotel room and this girl came on to me and I was like sure why not and so I took her into the room and she wasn't very good and so I was like okay you know what let's just flip and so I like kind of looked over and I took over and I went to do my favorite thing which was going down on her and I'm like under the blanket and at that point because I love doing it so much I forget there's other people in the room I'm just like I'm in it and I'm just down there doing my thing and next thing I know I hear this guy out of nowhere go I can't believe she's still down there (laughs) And it took everything I had not to just bust up laughing. I was like, the commentary. That was great. Okay. I don't know what this says about me, but like the idea of like just being in a hotel room, there's like a lump of blanket and like they're just doing their thing. I think that's very sweet. Like (laughs) it was considering it was a room full of guys. Honestly, it would have been very easy for them to come over and try to include themselves. It was probably still very hot for them though. Oh yeah, totally. Were you on tour as a poet or a musician? I was a stagehand in Dallas, and then Ozfest came through, and the guy was like, "We need carnies," and I was like, "Why not?" And I just like went home, packed a bag, and jumped on the bus. Wow, what an adventure! Yeah, I made it to Florida, and we actually hit Florida during Hurricane Charlie, and so the concert got canceled halfway through, and we tore down really fast. And I ended up being the tour bus guy, stiffed us, just left. And I ended up being stranded in Florida during Hurricane Charlie. But it was so much fun. How? One of the guys on the bus that I actually ended up kind of having a little thing with took me back to some of his friends. He's like, I got some friends here. Let's stay with them for a little while. And so we did that. And I ended up just like tripping balls during Hurricane Charlie, just out in it, just like worshiping the storm. It was so great. Amazing. Wow. Okay. What about like sex parties? Do you have any sex party fantasies or anything that you've like done that you haven't shared yet that we like definitely need to get into? And like, do you have sex dreams or hopes, goals, and dreams? One of the things I was going to say is I find that talking about educating children 
for me, I find that so much of the dark spots in my life around sex were being naive. Like, again, that thing when I was younger, having that sexual interaction with a family member that shouldn't have happened and yeah. feeling all that guilt from it. And then that first as a kink partner where I just was naive to what it meant to be in a kinky relationship. And so that ended up getting very, very dark and painful. And so I think that what you do here is so very important because it is teaching people that it's okay to talk about. It. You should talk about it. Not talking about it makes it so much worse. There are so many things in my life that I would not have had to deal with if I just would have had a safe person that I could have said, hey, I have this idea, this thing in my head, you know, you know, being able to talk about it. So there's just that. So I just like totally, you know, appreciate you doing what you do. I just think this is the greatest thing ever. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of it. Are there any other notable, great, bad, gross, awesome, weird stories that we have to know? There's one bad and ugly, and I hate to bring it up because I don't want to bring the whole feel of the podcast down, but it is important to understanding my story or in when it comes to like learning my boundaries and learning how to be in this kinky world safely that wasn't something I just knew right off the bat and there was one particular episode with an ex of mine where we had always she knew all of these crazy things that I fantasized about you know violence and and all of these things and though we hadn't, there was no such thing as negotiating, there was no such thing as safe words, you know, we just got in there and she did what she wanted to do. And like for, for me, Lolly, for the most part, I enjoyed it. So it wasn't a big deal. But it did get to a point where the violence started going outside the bedroom and it became a very violent relationship. And there was one particular instance that really messed me up. She was being extremely violent and was choking me. Not a sex scene, nothing like that. This was just every day. Mm. And she was choking me to the point that I couldn't breathe and I was scared. And I kept thinking, if I can just get her to remember who I am, she'll stop. And so I was like, just begging, please, please just, just stop. And I'm crying and she looks at me and she says, don't act like this isn't what you've always been asking for. And I just gave up because in a way at that time, she's right. I never set boundaries. She knows about all crazy fantasies. I've never told no. Oh. This is exactly what I've been asking for. I deserve this. Oh. And, you know, how, how do you fight after that? You know? And so I just, I just, I just stopped. And so, I mean, looking back now, I realize that it wasn't my fault that he was being psychotic and that I don't care what your relationship is or what's going on when that you love looks at you in fear and asks you to stop, you stop. Yeah. And it was the stuff I, my issues from earlier in my life, it just kind of added on to it. Like there is something horribly, terribly wrong with me and I deserve for I get because obviously in some way I like this and if I like it, I'm just going to have to take it in whatever form it comes. Wow. And obviously that's not true. Yeah. Disclaimer to everyone out there, yeah. that is not true. You know, I wish I knew then what I know now, which is that there are safe and healthy ways to experience anything you want to 
if you do the work, if you learn how to negotiate, because it doesn't matter what your kink is. It does not matter. It should never take away your dignity, your self-worth, no matter what. So beautiful thank you for sharing that with us and i'm so fucking glad doll that you're here with us today to tell this warning story celebrate the fuck out of that yeah yeah me too and i'm lucky now to be in a relationship with someone who can give me all those things that i love all the kinky fun things that i love yet she respects me yeah she loves me there is always a line i can say no and that is so important just to know that you should have that. So important. Anything else you want to tell us? Well, to bring the story up, let's like up the energy a little bit here, not make it so down. I do have one really fun story um, about squirting on my bathroom floor. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, Also, we're here for all of it, but we definitely uh, do want to hear about squirting on your bathroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't remember what started it. I was probably running around naked or with a short skirt on because that's what I like to do to Mm -hmm. get my daddy's attention. And I was in the kitchen. I don't know what I did, but she ended up bending me over the counter and just like fucking me right there. And that was great. That was awesome and fun. What was interesting about it is I've squirted before. Like I know that I squirt, but knowing that you squirt and hearing it hit tile floor is different (laughs) like it went splash and my first thought was was that me (laughs) it was so hot (laughs) oh that's amazing oh my god oh and the other thing i have like look at my notes i love it (laughs) one thing i'd love it okay just to ask you about your opinion on it kind of have you experienced sub drop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I experienced my first sub drop with her. I, I, <sighs> you would think I would have experienced sub drop with my ex. You know, honestly, I probably did. I just didn't know what it was. It might have been normalized I just thought it was for depression. you. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was me. Yeah. And now learning how to deal with that sub drop, it kind of puts it in a whole new context for me. I didn't know. It, I've never even heard a sub drop before. Like it was just not. A, I just thought it was normal to just feel like crap afterwards, you know, because they were being mean to you. So you know, but now it's actually kind of a beautiful thing. I would love to hear about your experience with sub drop, and I will start by saying I've only experienced it a couple times, and my relationship with my former master fell apart after it began. So I actually don't have an experience where I have it and things pull through. We had a trust breach where he shared my private information with someone and that should have been enough to like be the end of it. But it was a strong drug and I was very attached to that person. And so there were like several times, but throughout the course of that last year, there was the dropping again and again. And what I specifically mean is like times I expected to hear from him and didn't. And it was after like really kinky play and after it was like edgy territory for us. And then he just disappeared for the first time in years, just for a few days. And then when he came back, he was like mad that I was like upset. And so that was when I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't okay." And so I have never had it before that. But I would love to hear your experience of having it in a relationship and then kind of like finding your way through. I imagine it includes some partner conversation. It does. I told her 
about subdrop. I said, you know, this is a thing that happens and I don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way. Mm. And so it was something we both knew that we were going to navigate. And so the first time I experienced it, I was at work the next day and I could just tell, I was just like feeling, I don't even know how to explain it, just kind of down and kind of like doubting myself. I recognized it for what it was. And so I just sent her a text message and I said, hey, I think I'm feeling sub drop today. I just think I, I need to feel your love. And so if like the rest of the day, she was sending me these memes, these you know, like huggy cuddly bear memes and this I love you so much stuff, just really being attentive in the best way that she could because she also would work yeah but when she could get in a quick text or whatever yes. she was very attentive and it immediately changed and I the only reason I knew to do that is because I actually had went on FetLife and found a thread about subdrop and I was like I don't know how to deal with this mm. I'm feeling this way and I I don't know how to deal with it and I, and I don't want to bother her with it and they were like no 100% bother yeah her with it. yeah you know and I was like okay it shouldn't be a bother no, looking back on it now, it was obviously it was because I was in subdrop that I was feeling that way because we yeah. are always open communication wise. That's never a question, mm -hmm. but I was in my head. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they told me that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so, and I sent her that text. And it was like immediately she sent back, oh, 100%, babe, I got you. I love you so much. And I immediately felt better. It was just like, okay, cool. And I was, it was just done. It was over. Like that was the end of the sub drop. I, was just, I mean, I was a little like kind of unmotivated a little bit. Like I just felt kind of like laggy. Yeah, that's normal. But not the mental stuff. That went away. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it's, it's a neurochemical drop too. And it's a lot of the shame and fear stuff can be really strong. And it, humans require the community and the connection to kind of like repair that, that the fastest way. One of our inside jokes is, I say, you know, like Golden Bird is one of our inside jokes because there was once, I had a really weird negative mood for like a couple of weeks. And I'm so used to that. It's something I've dealt with my whole life. My mood's kind of going up and down, but I just don't really think about it much. And we were having sex and I can't tell you what she did specifically or why it happened, but it was an amazing session. And afterwards, I like lost my mind. I was just like, oh, it's the And then I just like, my body just went limp, just like totally just dropped to the point where she was, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I am like a golden bird. It's just like coming out of an, I was just like, a re she just like hit the reset oh, button. Oh, wow. The world was fine again. Yeah, I do. And now it's almost become this weird therapy for me. If I'm in a weird mood for you know, good amount of time for like weeks on the end, I can actually go up to her and be like, you know, I think I might need a session. And she's like on it. She's like, deal, done. And it works every time. Like after that, I'm like the world, all is right with the world again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everything wow. is beautiful. You know, it just fixes it. Oh, the golden bird fix. I love it. That's amazing. What about things you haven't tried yet that you want to try? What's on your bucket list? We are technically in an open relationship. We haven't really explored that yet because we're just so satisfied with what we have. But it is something that we are open to. I would like to explore the Dom side. I think that that would be a lot of fun. I know that I prefer being a sub. I know that's my home. That's where I really feel good. But there are times when I meet certain people and I can feel it. I can feel like I could totally dom them and that would be a lot oh. of fun. So I would love to explore with that. I'm realizing that earlier I called you a switch and it's because I associate brats with switches. And I know that's not always the case, but I'm like, it's the gateway. I would love to hear any updates too, if you do explore that side of yourself. 
I will. And what's fun about it is I've told her that, and she's like, oh, that would be so hot. <gasps> and so she's almost like, you find someone that like you will dom, let me know because I just want to watch. Ooh. She's like, I just want to see you do that thing. Oh, and so fun. that is definitely on our bucket list. Bring someone else in and explore that where, you know, me being able to do that position. So, Would you go to like sex parties or sex clubs or anything like that? I did a couple of times. I joined a dungeon here where I live and I loved it. The people were great. I got to experience fire cupping. I didn't really experience any like really intense stuff there a couple of times. And I, there wasn't anybody that I was really comfortable with to really get into like the flogging and all of that. But I got to do fire cupping. I really want to try that rope suspension. I don't know what they call that. Where they like, they tie you up and then like, I want to do that really bad. That's kind of on my dom's to-do list of things to learn. But she has said that if we were to go to a party and there was somebody there offering that service, yeah. that she would be okay with me letting someone else do it. And, you know, if there's no, like, real sex involved, it's just yeah. doing that, which I totally experience. I think that has to be the most blissful feeling. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to do that really bad. That's on my bucket yes. list. Yes. If you can find a safe rigger who knows how to not make you numb for days in the scary parts, that's yeah. awesome. I know a rigger here. He's a professional, been doing it a really long time. He was actually the co-owner of that dungeon with his submissive. And we were going to, and then like I, you know, COVID happened. And oh. So I stopped going and I just haven't went back okay yet all in divine timing shall you be yes. suspended <laughs> okay so what about your hopes for your sexual self going forward more just in general like what do you want your sex life to be in the future i can't imagine it being any better than it is right now other than you know getting to play the dom place every once in a while i'd love to do that sometime and i know we will find the right person we're very picky because that can be just a very tricky thing, bringing someone into your relationship, because yeah. not only do you and your partner have to be on the same wavelength and the same terms, but that person you're bringing in also has to be on the same. So that's not something we're rushing. Maybe we'll find the right person and we'll do that. And maybe getting out on our own when we finally can live on our own and not have to worry about it, because, you know, being able to walk around naked and not worry about the family being around. Absolutely. But other than that, I can't imagine it being any better than it is it's just it's the best thing ever i'm so lucky i'm that's so amazing i tell people all the time i am the luckiest person in the world and i'm lucky that she stuck around because when we, again when we first got together i was very like no it's not happening we can have fun but i will date other people i will end up leaving at some point I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want, and you're just going to deal with it. And because what I had through in my past, I was like, I'm not dealing with anything. And so she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And she just kind of let me come around to it. And then, like I said, when she pulled all that stuff out of nowhere where she knew how to tie me up and then suddenly she like knew how to use a flogger and I just, everything changed. I was like, you know what? Maybe you are the one. <laughs> so it worked out. Okay. So if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? If I could go back, it would probably be before my very first experience, the one that caused so much shame when I was younger. Mm. And I think I would just go back and say that sex is so much more complicated. Just 
to be able to experience the things I want to experience on myself because I think I knew what masturbation was. And so I saw this thing and I was like, let's try this. Yeah. And I think I just went, went back and said, hey, instead of that, let's masturbate. Let me show you what that is. Yeah. And also maybe, and I don't know how I would have done it at such a young age, but if I could have gone back twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, before that one relationship and just been like, hey, it's totally cool that you like these things. That is perfectly fine, but it doesn't have to be like this. Mm. You can feel loved. I wish I could tell everybody that. You know, I wish yes. I could tell, shout to everybody in the world. Because I sometimes I think that I have what I have just by fluke and that it's just special. And then sometimes I think, no, I think everybody in the world could have this if everyone just knew how to communicate their needs with their partner. Not only how to communicate, but how to be receptive. Yeah. And so I, I wish I could have just went back and said that. Yeah. Oh. And she said, you know, hey, you can have all of these things and still be loved and it's gonna be beautiful one day. (laughs) So beautiful. I was recently just looking at my old journals and there was so much self-judgment in my early twenties, especially from the sex stuff. Like I judged myself so harshly for being horny and like not with any awareness either. So like what you just said, like we all do deserve to be loved, whatever that means for us. And so that's just like fuck yeah. Beautiful. Doll, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you. It was so much fun. I'm so excited. Okay, you already asked me a question, but do you have another sex question for me? If you were to describe the perfect relationship for you, what would that look like? Oh my gosh. 